over the past eight or nine months, most of us have not spent as much time out in the world as we usually do. We spend more time eating at home, working from home, taking classes from home, shopping at home, even working out at home, rather than being out hustling and bustling around, around lots of other people as we normally would be. We've had this kind of forced solitude we've had to embrace. And our Christian tradition actually has a lot to say about solitude. So I invite you to reflect with me this morning on a few lessons about solitude that God's Word offers to us this morning. The first lesson is that solitude can actually be a very fruitful thing for our spiritual lives, if we take it with the right attitude. John the Baptist in today's Gospel chose solitude. His father was part of the priestly group in Jerusalem. He could have had a place there. He could have lived there in the hustling, bustling big city. And yet, he chose to leave there and get as far away from there as possible. He went out into the desert in the middle of the wilderness where he's surrounded by just a bunch of sand. And that was purposeful. It was important for his own life, but it was also important for his ministry. All these people came out into the desert. They left behind their normal routine, their friends, their social life, their workplaces. They went out into the desert to be alone and to encounter God there. And they had these life-changing encounters with God when they stepped out of their normal lives into this place of solitude. I think most of us have some kind of fear of being alone. We like keeping busy, oftentimes because we're afraid of what's going to kind of bubble up within us. We're going to have to face ourselves. We recognize our own insecurity, our own weakness, our own mistakes and sins when we're alone. And so it's much easier to just keep hustling and bustling around. See, John the Baptist wanted people to have to face themselves, though. He wanted them to experience their brokenness and their weakness, to claim it, to own it so that they could then welcome a Savior into their lives. Jesus was about ready to come onto the scene. Without recognizing their own weakness and brokenness, they wouldn't have been open to the offer of divine help that he wanted to share with them. So with the time in the desert, having to face their own weakness, the brokenness of the human condition, they then were ready to welcome Jesus, to allow him to help them journey into the future and to live better Lives. The same thing can happen to us in our own solitude. If we're willing to face our own brokenness, our weakness, if we're willing to face our fear of being alone, God can enter into that. We can invite God into that. We can experience His help and His grace in really powerful, life-changing ways. The other thing about John the Baptist is that this time in the desert and solitude really seemed to solidify his own identity and his own mission in life. In today's Gospel, this couple groups of people show up and they kind of give him the opportunity to say he's anybody he wants to be. He could have been the Christ, he could have been Elijah, he could have been a prophet. It would have been tempting to claim he was one of those people he wasn't. It would have given him more popularity, it would have been a boost to his ego. And yet he's calm, he's humble, He's confident in who he was. He wasn't going to try to pretend to be somebody he wasn't. He was simply comfortable in his own skin, 
and knew what his mission was and was simply going to do it. See, when we enter into solitude, we ask the big questions about what direction is my life going? What am I really here for? What's really my purpose? We can eventually, and we will eventually hopefully leave the solitude that we're in, we can go back out into the world with a clearer sense of our mission, a greater sense of purpose in our lives. We're going to have a better sense of who we are and be confident in that and not need to pretend to be somebody else that we're really not. Not trying to please other people, not trying to meet some other people's expectations, simply being comfortable with who we are and what God's put us here for. second lesson about solitude from our readings is that solitude oftentimes helps us recognize God's invisible presence. God's usually closer to us than we actually realize. Our response to read today, between the first reading and the second reading, is actually very unique. Usually we have a psalm from the Old Testament. There's 150 of them in the Old Testament, so usually there's enough to go around and mix it up each weekend. But this weekend we actually heard from the New Testament. It was from Luke's Gospel, chapter 1. It was an encounter between Mary and her cousin Elizabeth in this joyful conversation that they had in this encounter. I think these words of Mary and Elizabeth are important to put in their context. Elizabeth found out she was with child, who would be John the Baptist, who would be born to her. And then Luke chapter 1, verse 24 says, For five months she went into seclusion. She went into quarantine, to use the word that we're familiar with. She self-quarantined for five months. And then she encounters her cousin Mary. Mary shows up, and because of this time in solitude, she's able to recognize that God's being carried by Mary, that God is present within the Blessed Virgin Mary. She has an awareness that he could, she couldn't see him but she knew he was there and recognized it. We take time in solitude to deepen our spirituality. We're going to see God in other places. His invisible presence working in our lives, even in the world, even in the busy days that we have, even in all these different encounters we have with other people. We'll be able to recognize that God's really acting there. The risen Lord Jesus is alive and in our midst. I think most of us have a fear of loneliness. That's one of the reasons we try to stay away from solitude. And it's important to recognize that being alone and loneliness are not synonymous. Being in solitude and being lonely are not the same thing. Loneliness is weird because we can actually be really lonely even when we're surrounded by other people. You can be at a huge social gathering where you don't really know anybody or people are just kind of being fake artificial and we can feel very lonely there. Or we can even be with our spouse. We can be with a roommate in the same room all day and still feel lonely. Loneliness can be overcome by human connection, by honesty, by authenticity. There's something more there than simply whether or not we're around other people physically. Mary and Elizabeth recognized the invisible presence of God with them. And while they were in solitude together, there was this presence of God also there that they recognized, accepted, and embraced. And if we're able to find that presence of God in our midst, there's going to be a foundation on which we can build other relationships, healthy relationships, 
Often our fear of loneliness makes us make poor relationship decisions. Where again, if we have our foundation in this invisible presence of God with us, in which we're never really alone, then we're able to form healthy relationships on that foundation. Relationships based in truth, true love. One third and final lesson from our readings for our reflection this morning about solitude is that we should share our solitude with other people. Mary and Elizabeth were going through pretty intense times in their lives, and they needed each other to get through what they were going through. They had said yes to God's plan, which took their life in a different direction. And as their life was swerving very rapidly in a direction they had never anticipated, they were to support each other, encourage each other, pray with each other, and help each other along the way. It would have been difficult because most of the people surrounding them would have found what they were doing kind of strange, wondering why they had changed their lives so completely. But with this companionship, this friendship, they were to persevere in doing what God was asking them. I think here of our uh, tradition of retreats, for example, you may have heard of Ignatian retreats, where you go away in silence for five days or eight days, or if you're really intent to do 30 days in silence. And it's all about this solitude and this encounter with God alone. But even there, you always have a guide with you. You always have a spiritual director, someone else that you're talking to. With the awareness being that we can get really weird if we spend too much time alone, if we don't invite other people with us into our solitude. And this is true at a human level, but also at a spiritual level. We can actually become very self-centered. Our minds can get fixated on kind of strange spiritual ideas. We need that reality check that other people bring to us in our silence. The monastic traditions, religious sisters and convents also provide a good lesson for us here. They kind of choose to do what we've had to do for the past several months, to kind of stick to the same group of people, even live under the same roof and spend a lot of time with the same people over and over again. I think about the Visitation Sisters just down here on the road. They're cloistered. So they choose the self-quarantine all the time, which would be very frustrating and make most of us kind of lose our minds. But they're able to keep sane and actually grow spiritually because they have each other, because they share this solitude with other people. As we journey in our own solitude in the upcoming weeks, it's important that we share the solitude we have with other people. Of course, safely and healthy ways, finding ways to connect with other people. So as we encourage each other in our spiritual journey, we can truly encounter God and overcome our selfishness. That's, again, in the monastic tradition why people live together. It's not because they always enjoy each other's presence, but because they give each other opportunities to show patience, kindness, work on forgiving the same people over and over again. A lot of people have shared with me during the past several months, especially like the intense months of March, April, May, they spent a lot of time with people they normally thought they were really close with, but really found to be annoyed by. Spouses working at home together, couldn't get away from each other. Students being homeschooled by their parents who didn't seem to be as smart as they thought they were. Parents who thought the same thing about the kids they were trying to homeschool. 
roommates taking online classes together in the same apartment all day, every day. With a sense of guilt, they admitted they were really frustrated with these people they thought they really loved and cared about a lot. We find those kind of feelings rumbling around within us over these next couple weeks. You can take Mary and Elizabeth as good patron saints, as mentors for us spiritually. They figured it out. They're different ages. Homes in those days are really tight, really small. There wouldn't be this beautiful guest suite for Mary to hang out with when she was visiting her cousin. They had to change their habits and routines. They had to adjust to each other's needs and preferences. But they figured it out, and through that shared solitude, had encounters with God who was invisibly present among them. Today, as we continue with Mass, we encounter God invisibly present here at the altar under the appearance of bread and wine. And we're invited to look into our hearts, to do some soul-searching, to be honest with God about our brokenness and our weakness, to ask Him to love us, to ask Him to confirm our identity, to help Him confirm in us our mission and purpose. So that when this is all over, at this time of forced solitude, we can then go back out into the world, with much more energy and excitement and passion and purpose, knowing why God has put us here in the first place. We'll grow closer together as a community through it as well, as we experience God in our midst. That's something we can rejoice and celebrate this weekend.